All right, everybody, welcome back to the College Film Runner podcast. Today, I'm joined with a very special guest, my own mom. Mother, thank you for coming on. Thanks for inviting me, Johnny. I'm <laughs> actually really, 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 really honored because I'm a big fan, and I know we've had these kind of deep dive talks for a long time, and so I'm really happy that you asked me. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm honored. Thank you. So today I would like to discuss James Cameron's Avatar with you. And I know you've seen some other James Cameron films such as Terminator 2, Judgment Day. Um, What else is there? Aliens. Titanic. Titanic. So and I I think he's just a, a master of creating like original stories and storytelling as well as putting themes into them. Like, like, what do you think of those other movies? I know you were growing up and alive and well during those times. So what do you think of his other movies? Well, back when I saw a lot of them the first time around, I just thought they were like, ugh, science fiction, and I didn't really pay (laughs) attention to them. Titanic is the one that sort of turned me, and I became obsessed. And I was was a grown-up by then, and I think, I really think James Cameron has like a deep soul Mm -hmm. with some of the, the movies that he makes and the... I don't know. You can just tell like what he did with Titanic and and honestly like the way I feel about the this movie Avatar too. I think that James Cameron is a great storyteller and he has a deep a real deep soul of of what he's trying to stick in his stories, which I mm-hmm. as a creator I really appreciate that. Mhm. Absolutely. And I know you just rewatched Avatar as well recently and I know I know historically, you know, when you watch movies, you're like, oh, there's like too much science fiction action going on. I'm not really interested. (laughs) But (laughs) so um, but when you watch this movie now um, on on your rewatch with the lens of like viewing it from like a thematic sort of scope, like what do you think of it now? Do you still see it as like a science fiction movie or do you view it as something more? Oh, I totally see it as something more now. Even so the first time I saw it, I think it was with you maybe like eight or so years ago. And I kind of back then we had one of our little deep dives. And at the time I was like, oh, this reminds me of what it must have been like when the Indians were living here and it was all peaceful. And then man came and ruined all that. And that's Mm kind of what I took from it. But now I was just watching it with my complete different lens, you know, through just throughout your life, you you get different lenses after different things that you go through. And so actually watching it this time around, I was telling you yesterday, even the actiony parts didn't bore me. Like I mm-hmm. was I was rooting for the guy in the actiony parts. And normally I'm like yawning and my eyes are glazing <laughs> over. So, yeah, the, the story just hit really different this time even versus the last time I saw it yeah absolutely and you sort you sort of mentioned it earlier but yeah I think one of the biggest themes that sort of sticks out in this movie is sort of the idea of colonization with like these men the military men coming from earth to the Pandora moon and they want to strip it of its resources to take back to earth because they believe that will help earth and i i even think the resources name something like unobtainium or something like <laughs> typical science fiction like oh it's unobtainable so we'll call it unobtainium mm-hmm. but um i think yeah that's i think that's one of like the biggest themes of this movie that um that i was able to draw a parallel like you said to like the colonizers and the native americans of the united states especially with um you know basically coming over here, taking their land, trying to push them out, etc. So, um, yeah, and 
I guess also the idea of how those natives, the I think they're called the Navi and Avatar, how they how they how they blend with their environment as well. And um, you know, the soldiers they try to initially they're like, Oh, why don't we just relocate them or mm-hmm. kick like kick them out? Yeah. But throughout the movie you see how truly blended they are with their environment. Like it's almost like their environment is like their way of life and their religion as well. Like they kill an animal in a hunt and they like pray over it. And oh, like they yeah. have like they have like their big tree, like their big mm-hmm. spiritual tree. Yeah. Um but yeah, do you have any other thoughts on like the theme of nature or the theme of colonialism? Uh, absolutely. Well, the whole colonialism it touched on and watching the movie, it really brought to mind greed. And I mean, we see so much of that nowadays too, and I'm learning more and more about just how far and wide it reaches. Like even when it comes to, to, let's just say, like oil or whatever, wherever we see something that we want, I guess. I'm not even going to lump me into it, but I guess <laughs> the type of people that are like in the movie, for example, uh, I don't even want to say Americans or military or whatever. It's just certain leaders that get greed, you know, they are the ones that decide, oh, that country has what I want. So I'm going to mm-hmm. go over there and I'm going to take it and I don't care who has to die in order for me to get it. They just have like hyper focus on the product that they want and they're willing to just do whatever. And so like that leader in the movie with the scars on his head, he was yeah. a psychopath. And <laughs> and so you, you let a psychopath be in charge of a military too. And everybody has to just blindly follow what he says. And he just doesn't care. I even feel like that little guy that was playing golf in the beginning, that was sort of like a jerk He's like the leader and they called him doctor at one point. So he must be like some kind of Mm -hmm. a scientist. I feel like he was super blinded and didn't care either. But towards the end, you could kind of see it on his face that he was realizing, oh, gosh, this is all like not okay what we're doing. But to the bitter end, the, the, the commander or whatever he was with the scars on his head, he was just a psychopath who was just he didn't even care anymore. Even when he couldn't even get what he wanted, he still just wanted to destroy everything. So, yeah, I forget what your question was, but I think that answered it. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) definitely. Yeah, this is all just discussion. But yeah, yeah, like, yeah, you can interpret it as like, yeah, like, you know, maybe the American colonizers with the Native Americans or like Europeans um, coming over and trying to colonize America or even like nowadays, like, um, you know, oil, especially like you mentioned oil earlier and. Um, in my Dune episode uh, in last week, I talked about like initially colonization is one of the themes immediately set up in that as well um, with like literally the first words of the film being like, who will my next oppressors be and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And I think, yeah, this movie Avatar, um, especially it's sort of, you know, there there's so many countries in the world, like, you know, including the United States where we live, where we're so used to the idea of like getting our resources elsewhere yeah. and like imperialism, colonialism, but with a movie like Avatar where it kind of focuses on the, the alternative point of view, focusing on, you know, the other side that's experiencing these quote invaders coming, mm-hmm. it totally like changes the scene and kind of makes you like think twice about it. And it's like, wow, like, are we really just like borrowing some of their resources or are we like, exploiting them and 
committing yeah. genocide and stuff. Exactly. And what's so interesting about resources, the thing that we were so we were so hyper focused on getting they kind of don't even really use their they're figuring out their resources just are all about natural and connection and mm-hmm. that it, it just all like like they pray over the things that they have to kill for food they they know how to heal themselves they just do it all with right there where they live and in you know in the movie they're coming in trying to just oh i see something that's of value and they just want to take it where the other people aren't mm-hmm. even necessarily thinking oh the stuff down under the ground is worth a dollar right yeah it's, yeah like their big tree is like the tree of life and that's yeah. like the focal point of their community and their like their faith as well but you know the the military they're just like oh there's this big tree sitting on top of the unobtainium deposit yeah the one guy with the golf was like it's a tree there's so many other trees there yeah but I noticed, and that was one thing that I, I didn't notice last time, inside of the trees, like down in the bowels of the tree, there's this twisty thing that reminded me of, the, of DNA. And then oh, so yeah. when I was watching, my deep dive self took it even a huge step further because you know how I'm learning so much about how to heal ourselves naturally and stuff. So I was watching and I was like the DNA and the people and how they connect and they heal. It's all connected and we all have the power. They have the power to heal themselves and it's all within that tree. And then all these invaders coming in. It just kind of reminds me of when the outside world tries to come in and and take over. It, it ruins like they're just trying to burn and ruin mm-hmm. that perfect, beautiful tree that's connected to God, that's connected to the people. And it's all connected in this beautiful way that works. And mm. when greed and whatever comes in, they just burn it all to the ground and ruin it. And it's I don't know if that if, if you like sometimes my deep dives are so deep that I kind of almost can't even <laughs> understand them myself. But I was thinking about that when I was watching right. it. I was like, ooh, that looks like a DNA mm. strand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That like, yeah, I think that's sort of a very kind of, I guess, obvious sort of symbolism that like their tree of life or their their God Awa is like alive and is like a part of them and is like a part of their environment as well and something that like stuck out to me was I guess sort of a theme of I would say destiny or like your your planned path I would say because like I think this movie sort of very obviously sets up that the humans are in the wrong of this movie and the humans ultimately lose because the Navi have nature on their sides. And since nature is so integrated in their life, they use nature against the humans and the humans, um, you know, they ultimately lose because they, they have nature on their side as well. But early on in the film, um, when Jake Sully in his avatar body is like first being rescued, there's like seeds from the, from the tree of life that sort of like encompass him or like hover over him. And I think like, I think that's sort of like a a symbolism of like who he is to become that like he's going to like, I guess, break the chain of command and ultimately help the Navi and and then eventually stay with the Navi as well. Um, But that was something that was interesting to me because, yeah, it's like nature is obviously very against the humans in this movie. But Jake Sully, who 
is is a human in an avatar form nature like realized of like who he was to become so yeah. i think that was like a cool sense of foreshadow well uh, really bringing that up and this is really another cool deep dive based on the filters that i'm watching it through now but i meant to tell you this that i think is so kind of cool is um when the people want to go there to wherever that land is called pandora pandora mm-hmm. they have to go into basically a coma to get there and i remember sigourney weaver was like don't think of anything just clear clear your mind completely and you know that's mm-hmm. how you get there like the air is toxic or yeah. Something. yeah but hearing that clear your mind completely don't get there it reminds me of meditation and it's mm-hmm. like if we as people can clear our minds and meditate, and that's kind of what I learned during my healing journey was I had to push literally all the noise out and go within. And, and that's a huge part of it. Like you can, you can do all the medicines, you can eat all the organic foods, you can do all the things, but unless and until you connect to God and meditation and clean out all that and and access that part of yourself, you're, you're probably not going to be fully healed. And I think maybe that is what was going on. They were, it's almost like a, when you go into that meditative world and connect yourself to God and everything, that is the beautiful parts of you that is self-healing and that mm. is colorful and vibrant. And Jake, you know, maybe, maybe he could have been healed all that time, but because he was only relying on whatever science, but then once he accessed that part and all those little, you know, cute fairy thingies all landed all over him in a way that's kind of like in a way that's kind of like what happens when when you access all those parts of yourself I don't know if any of that makes sense but no yeah yeah I like I would agree that like any like any healing journey is just as much mental and spiritual as it is physical as well like you have to you have to truly like tune your mind body and soul in order to properly fully heal or properly enter into you know, a a better state. And I'm like, I think in this movie, it obviously implies that the avatar state of Jake is the, the better state. So to properly yeah. enter into, you know, he's, he's physically disabled as a human. He's, he's a, he's paralyzed. So to fully enter into his better state, he has to, you know, clear his mind, sort of enter into that, like, like meditative yes, mood. And it's so colorful and beautiful. And it's the world of wherever that Pandora or <laughs> the, the blue people world. And it's just, <laughs> I don't know. It's I, I love, you know, just watching a movie and just thinking about all these things. And I imagine, I don't even know if that's what James Cameron had in mind, but how cool to be a creator and create something and then have people having these kind mm-hmm. of discussions and see, based on the, the filter they're watching it through, be able to apply that. Because mm-hmm. who knows what he really meant by that. But. Right. Yeah. And like, yeah, just to sort of wrap up, like that's, yeah, that that's what I, that's what I love about all these science fiction movies. And like, that's what I love like talking about on this podcast. And I know you've, you've listened to my other episodes since you're my, my biggest fan. Oh, yeah. And we've been having <laughs> these conversations for years. Right. We've dissected <laughs> out. Like I want to talk about the Godfather, but, you're, but this is only science fiction. So we'll keep it. <laughs> right. But, but yeah, like, um, yeah, like there's, there's just so many different themes in like a lot of these science fiction movies, you know, they, they dress up all of these themes in like a, you know, sort of actiony futuristic sort of plot, but, 
And like, yeah, like I remember it was, it had to be like first or second grade. I was like homesick from school with the flu. And I made you like watch the Star Wars prequels with me and little like six, seven year old Johnny is like on the couch with the flu explaining all like the political yes. struggles of the empire. <laughs> that was the first time I ever watched Star Wars. And yeah. I was like in my 40s uh-huh. and you explained it all to me. Yeah, that was really cool and and very political. I still love that one line. I know we're stepping into the Star Wars world right now, <laughs> but that one why that one line of so this is how liberty dies. This is how democracy oh. ends <laughs> with thunderous applause. Yeah. yeah, that like resonated with me uh-huh. back then. It was almost like a precursor to ooh, I don't know, mm-hmm. just like that's a precursors bringing us back over to avatar i was gonna say james cameron is kind of like a genius storyteller like he's way before way ahead of his time Mm -hmm. with avatar and i mean there are so many different ways that you can dissect it but i'm really looking forward to seeing what he does with the new one too yeah i agree i think that's coming out like in the next couple months but yeah avatar is interesting because it you know i think it's a movie that in terms of like you know big science fiction movies that a lot of people want to watch. I don't think a lot of people nowadays think of Avatar, but it is like the high, like one of the highest grossing movies. I think it might be again after I think Avengers Endgame passed it. And I think then it repassed Avengers Endgame, (laughs) but I think so. Yeah. But yeah, like it, yeah, it, I, like I would say it's up there for a reason like no it's yeah. worth a watch and like I can remember back in the day being like oh Johnny's watching that blue people movie and we didn't really <laughs> know but then one time I think you made me sit and watch it and I was like this is really a great movie right yeah and so yeah some people need to and and I used to hate science fiction but but people need to realize that they're really they really touch on so much mm-hmm. and, so. yeah absolutely but yeah, we'll go ahead and start wrapping up. But thank you so much for sitting down to talk with me. It was it was great to talk about science fiction with you. Oh, anytime, Johnny. Any, any, anytime. I love it. And I'm <laughs> I'm a fan of dissecting movies and deep dives. So Of course. You. Yeah. And thank you so much to everybody for tuning in. I'll see you next week on the College Film Runner.